0: Have you ever heard of a mystery that was so intriguing, so engrossing, that one, not only could you not figure it out, but it just plagued you for years and years until you tried your best to get under it as best as you could to get a leg up on it and try to figure out what was going on. Well, let's go back 61 years ago to February 1st and 2nd, roughly around 1959, into the northern Ural Mountains in Russia. About 61 years ago, a band of skiers trekking through the northern Ural Mountains in Russia stashed food, extra skis, and a well-worn mandolin in in the valley to pick up on the way back from their expedition, in a moment of lightheartedness, one drew upon a fake newspaper with the headlines about their trip. According to the latest information, abominable snowmen live in the northern Urals. Their excess equipment stored away, the group began moving towards the slope of Peak 1079 known amongst the region's indigenous people as Dead Mountain. A photograph showed the lead skiers disappearing into sheets of snow, wiping as the weather worsened. Later that night, pardon me, later that night, the nine experienced trekkers burst out of their tent, half dressed and fled to their deaths in a blizzard. Some of their corpses were found with broken bones, one missing her tongue, for decades. Few people beyond the group's friends and family were aware of the event. It only became known to the wider public in 1990 when a retired official's account ignited curiosity that soon metastasized. Today, the Dyatlov Pass incident, named after one of the students on the trek, Igor Dyatlov, has become Russia's biggest unsolved mysteries. A a font or group or bottomless pit of endless conspiracy theories Aliens, government agencies, Arctic dwarves, and yes, even like I mentioned before, Abominable abominable Snowman. For some weird reason, I can't keep saying, I can't say the word abominable. Even though I know it's abominable and I want to say it's abominable, I just trip trip up on it for some reason. So yeah, even abominable snowmen have at various points been blamed for the deaths. One state television show regularly puts self-appointed experts through a theatrical lie detector test to check their outlandish explanations. Feels like I got a frog in my throat. A year ago, the Russian Prosecutor General's Office announced a new inquiry into the death to stop what it called the growth of rumors and to establish the truth. Investigators traveled to the area to reenact parts of the incident, and were expected to announce their conclusion soon. All this was occurring roughly around February first, and this is the this is a little bit of a, an article that I'm reading from the Atlantic. I'm gonna give them credit. That I'm reading from the Atlantic, and summarizing. So the Atlantic's article occurred in February first. So when it says tomorrow or today, it's talking about. ...when the article was written on February 1st. But if the Yatlov Pass incident... ...has shown anything... ...it's the closure... ...will be elusive... ...if it occurs at all. That was my add-on. Even if a definitive judgment is unlikely... ...even a definitive judgment is unlikely to quell speculation. In Russia... ...conspiracy theories are an essential part of daily life. It's our Soviet mystery... That we want to solve. Natalia. Barstakova. I believe that's the best. Best pronunciation of her last name. And I apologize for the mispronunciation of names. And I apologize to everyone with Russian background. And Russian heritage. I apologize for my. My American flubbing of the words. Natalia. Barstakova. Who has been. Publishing articles on the case for the newspaper come I'm not going to even bother pronouncing that because, again, I don't want to screw it up. But it's K-O-M-S-O-M-O-L-S-K-A-Y-A and the last word is Provada since 1912 told, told the writer of the article every person who starts researching it thinks there's thinks he's the one or she's the one who can solve it. But the deeper he goes, the more the swamp sucks them in. An unsolved mystery such as a Dyatlov Pass incident, which would no doubt rile up truthers in the U.S., but the Russian obsession with the incident is above and beyond American Internet Forum debates on Area 51 and the Chupacabra. Whereas U.S. conspiracy theories often develop on the fringes of public life, a line that has admittedly been blurred in the current era. Conspiracy-mongering is mainstream in Russia, and a country in which 57% of the population believes the Apollo moon landings were a hoax. And while this belief in secret plots typically begins at the grassroots level in the U.S., In Russia, it has more often come come from the top down. In the late 1800s, the Tsarist state began encouraging conspiracy theories targeting Jews and Catholics as a way to rally Russians against the West. The Protocols of Elders of Zion, a fake document cited as evidence of Jewish plans for global domination by Hitler, sounds like something he would do, it was first published in Russia in 1903 with at the height of the, of the pogroms, P-O-G-R-O-M-S. In the Soviet era, officials regularly found conspiracies of capitalist spies and counter-revolutionaries killing and imprisoning millions for such imagined offenses during Stalin's Great Terror. Manufactured, manufactured suspicions were directed outward as well. When Moscow accidentally shot down Korean Airlines Flight 007, interesting the number of that, of that flight there. Moscow accidentally shot down Korean Airlines Flight 007 in 1983. It claimed the plane was part of a US plot to start a war. The denunciations of neighbors and widespread state surveillance, the cover-ups and deceit, led to paranoia among the citizenry. People had, had to read between the lines of party mouthpieces to get any sense of what was really going on. As a result, the columnist Oleg Kashin has argued many still feel today that something was hidden behind the black and white photographs of the Diatlov exp- expedition. The habit of piecing together one's own explanation has persisted after the collapse of the Soviet Union, compounded by a deep-rooted cynicism and the Kremlin's own propaganda. The, gov- the government of Vladimir Putin, who once claimed that the Internet was a CIA project, routinely suggests that Western plots are behind everything from Russia's Olympic doping ban to serious white helmet volunteers. On troll farms, pro-Kremlin pundits, and sensationalistic state news outlets like Sputnik and RT Pitch in two. RT pitch and RT Pitchin Two. One state television hosts. Insinuation, insinuating catchphrase, coincidence—I don't think so. Has also become an internet meme. So that was a television, a television, a Russian television host insinuating catchphrase, coincidence—I don't think so. Obfusc- uh, obfuscation is a default reaction to any accusation. When Malaysian Airfli when Malaysian Airlines Flight Seventeen was blown apart over the eastern Ukraine by a Russian missile in 2014, the defense ministry in Moscow argued that it could be have been shot down in a false flag operation. When the poisoning of Sergei Skripal, S-K-R-I-P-A-L was tied to Russian agents, the foreign ministry hinted that a British laboratory was the real culprit. Most recently, parliamentarians have claimed that that last summer's protests in Moscow were orchestrated by Washington, truth is seen as relative, and conspiracy has become the coin of realm. Here's what we know about the Dyatlov Pass incident. The nine skiers, all college students, had set out from Yekaterinburg and then set out from Yekaterinburg Then, by its communist name, Sverdlovsk, uh, in July 1959, singing songs on an overnight train. They planned to ski about 200 miles over 16 days, summoning several peaks along the way, allowing enough time to be back for the spring semester. After catching a lift with some lumberjacks and following a sleigh driver north, the group skied out of an abandoned village, on January 28th, eventually making it to their final campsite on February 1st. Searchers later found their tracks along a frozen river and, upon reaching Dead Mountain, stumbled across, across half, a half-collapsed tent on a steep, wind-swept slope. Inside, food supplies and other clothing were laid out, as if the group had been about to cook dinner. Nine pairs of boots stood along one wall. Bizarrely, the tents have appeared to have been slashed open from inside. In the forest below, the investigators came across two bodies under a cedar tree, lying next to the remains of a fire. Although the temperature had been down to negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit, the night, ha- the night the group had disappeared, the pair were wearing only their long underwear Fragments of human skin on the tree revealed that they had broken off branches. The bodies of Diatlov and two others, also without shoes and coats, were found several hundred feet away. It wasn't until the snow began to thaw 2 months later that the remaining 4 corpses were found. Two had broken ribs and one skull was partially crushed. The inquiry, carried out in the spring of 1959, left many questions unresolved. Why did the skiers flee the tent? To certain death in the winds and snow, what caused the blunt force force traumas? Why did an analysis find elevated levels of radioactivity on two of the victims' clothing? These questions were all beyond the purview of the official investigators, who, when baffled, concluded that there had been no foul play, and that the students were killed by an element of force that the tourists were not able to overcome. The case was closed, and the findings were archived as secret, as was routine in the Soviet Union at the time. A local journalist was barred from filing a report on the incident, and for decades, the only publications related to the mystery was a novel by one of the researchers, one of the searchers. It had a slightly happier ending. After hurricane force winds blew one girl down the slope and trapped the others who rushed to help her, the group leader attempts to return to the tent and dies. The rest finding shelter in a trapper's hut, but then came the Soviet breakup. Which lifted the curtain of silence over the traumatic past. The extent of Stalin's reprec- rep- extent, the extent of Stalin's repressions was revealed to the public, as was the existence of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact. The Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, impoverished by a final collapse, the shock that must of what the the shock. much of what they had been taught since childhood was a lie, many Russians were cast emotionally adrift. Faith, healing, cults, and pyramid schemes flourished. Onto this ripe ground fell the seed of the Dyatlov mystery. In January 1990, the former Communist Party, head of a town near the Dyatlov Pass, wrote a response to the newspaper article about a supposed UFO sighting in the area. In it, he described what happened to happened to the sky the skiers, claiming that holes in their tent were made by falling debris from a rocket test. The paper later explained a story in which Lev Ivanov, the lead investigator on the nineteen fifty nine Dyatlov inquiry, was quoted as saying the students were killed by a UFO. The article also repeated rumors that the group could have been killed by indigenous people or, or radiation from a weapons test. In fact, the balls of, re- fire, the balls of fire, referred to the story, had been seen weeks after the student's death and were attributed to the documented missile test. A few months later, Ivanov wrote in his article in another newspaper blaming the student's injuries on a heat ray or strong energy that's completely unknown to us. With UFOs, secret documents, and hints of government cover-up, Nikita Khrushchev was informed about the event in the very beginning. Ivanov wrote that articles were a conspiracy theory starter kit. By the late 200s, Dialaphrenia had made its way to newspapers and television. An ever-growing web of theories had since has since emerged, claiming that poisoned alcohol, the descendants of ancient Aryans, or a variety of fantastic, fantastical weapons like a vacuum bomb were responsible. The fact that the deputy engineer of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant that had had the same surname as Igor Dialov raised a suspicion of some connections to that disaster. Several theories hold that Dyatlov, that the Dyatlov group included a KGB or CIA agent. Even those closest to the tragedy have been have blamed the deaths on some nefarious plot. <clears throat> Yuri Yudin a student who briefly accompanied Yuri Yuden a student who briefly accompanied the group before turning back due to illness said before his death that he believed his friends saw something that they shouldn't have seen and were forced at gunpoint to fabricate a scene to confuse investigators and then left to die when the articles when the author of the article spoke to Yuri Kuntsevich, who attended the students' funerals as a boy and has since become an an oft-quoted researcher and the head of the Outlaw Memorial Fund, the author of this article, I'm reading, the the author of this article, was hoping for a clear-eyed assessment to cut through the noise. Instead, he argued that the students had been asked by a western agent named The Mall to photograph a set's missile test, a secret missile test. After doing so, they were murdered by drunken convicts guarding the pass. They move, then they moved to the tent 1.5 kilometers to an impractical place. That was done by a mop-up team of soldiers, they had they had several helicopters. He t- he told the author of the article matter-of-factly. Dyatlov's own sister Tatiana Permanova told the author of the article she had she heard a raft of theories, but could only repeat what her parents had told her at the time of her brother's disappearance and death. They were sure, she said, that the military was somehow involved. So so what really did happen on that night of February 1st, 1959. The theory put forward by the American researcher Donnie Eicher, as well as by some Russian scientists is that se- that severe winds blowing over the dome of a that severe winds blowing over the dome of the mountain created a Karman vortex street. K A R M A N a carman vortex street of carman vortex street of whirlwinds which produced a low frequency sound that is not entirely audible but vibrates hair cells in the ear causing nausea and intense psychological discomfort also called infrasound under that onslaught in the pitch dark the students could have been overcome by feelings of fear and panic. When announcing its inquiry last year in 2019, the Russian prosecutor general ruled out criminal explanations and said it was focusing on three natural causes, an avalanche, a snow slab, or a hurricane. That has done little to keep the rumor machine from kicking into high gear. For months, fantastic new theories emerged on websites and TV shows while Kuntsevich and relatives of the Some of the D group, angry at perse- prosecutors' refusal to consider a non natural causes for the death for the deaths, have filed a complaint asking investigators to open a criminal case. That is the difficulty with conspiracy theories in Russia and elsewhere. Even if, real explanation, even if a real explanation is found, not everyone will believe it. The mystery of the Dyatlov Pass incident may one day be solved, but it will never be truly put to rest. Um, the article, the article was to give you information on the Atlantic and give the article, the writer of the article credit is now hopefully, so the, his name is Alec Loon, A-L-E-C-L-U-H-N. And it was written on February 1st, 2020, just to give Alec, Alec and the Atlantic credit for the article and his reporting and the article that I've just written written to you, read to you, um, there's a lot of things that go on that is, that surround the Dyeatlof Pass incident, and it's very very intriguing to me, very very interesting to me. Like I said, like I had said before, and mentioned before, there is something called infrasound, and which is what Donnie Eicher mentioned in his book. And I believe his book is called Dead Mountain, and he talks about the, uh, he talks about infrasound and he talks about, uh, how when high winds come through an area or when high, high winds blow through an area, they can create like gusting or they can create, uh, they can create kind of like a howling or something that affects, as the article said, that affects the ear and that affects, has intense psychological effects and it can cause panic and it can cause people it cause fear and panic and nervousness and anxiety in people and it can cause people to overreact to situations that they are one unaware of and that they are not party to they're not well party to in the sense that they're there and it's occurring to them but so situation that they're not aware of what could have caused it um, back in one thousand, nine hundred and fifty-nine, there was a lot that wasn't known that is known now. Like back in one thousand, nine hundred and fifty-nine, they didn't know what infrasound was. They didn't know what could have caused it and what the what the situations may have been. So they had no idea. And so, when, but it did naturally. But it, it did occur. So they couldn't. They didn't. They didn't know what it was. They couldn't put. They couldn't put a, a face, face. They couldn't put a name to it so when it happened they the students couldn't react they didn't know what it was and it can be created by as i understand from all the research that i've done and the reading up on all the articles it could be caused by a gust of wind something or something could cause the gust of wind it could be caused by a gust of wind that could occur someplace outside the mountains. I've heard a lot about one of the mountains that they were trying to go to was called O'Torton mountain. Um, and the, the wind that occurs, this gust of wind or this incredible, powerful gust of wind that occurred can create like what's known in the U.S. as wind shear. And, the wind shear is like the next step down from a, from a t- tornado and wind shear can cause a tornado, can create a tornado. But a wind shear is so forceful and so powerful and so strong that it can cause the, cause the wind in the area where the hikers were to whistle or to create, it can create infrasound and infrasound can cause People to it can have poor effects. I'm just reaching for something so I can get you a little more background on what infrasound actually is. It can cause um, the hairs in your ear to have have negative can have negative reactions or negative responses to things, and it can have bad physical. Physical reaction, when you can have negative physical reaction, and it can be dangerous, to to to, to, to beings to beings. And here's what I found on infrasound. I just looked it up and got a little bit more information for you. Infrasound on Wikipedia. Infrasound, sometimes referred to infrasound, sometimes referred to as low frequency sound, describes sound waves with a frequency below the lower limit of audibility. Hearing becomes gradually less sensitive. Hearing becomes gradually less sensitive as frequency decreases. So, for some humans to perceive infrasound, the sound pressure might, must be sufficiently high. The ear is the ear is the primary organ for sensitive in, for sensing infrasound. But higher in, higher intensities, but at higher intensities, it is possible to feel infrasound vibrations in various parts of the body. The allies of World War I first used infrasound to locate artillery. One of the pioneers in infrasonic research. So it can, as 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 you've read there, it can create vibrations, and it can cause, and sometimes it's below, it's below the, the, you can't. Sorry, Google is. I'm trying to look something up. Get more. Get you more. Get you more information. But Google is not behaving right now, as it tends to not. Um. Let me get some more information for you. Reported effects on reported effects of infrasound on humans include those on the inner ear vertigo imbalance etc intolerable intolerable sensations incapacitation disorientation nausea vomiting and bowel spasms and resonances in inner ear organs such as the heart in inner, inner, inner ear organs inner organs and resonance it resonances in inner organs such as the heart infrasound has been observed to affect the pattern of sleep mi- minutely it's more so it can have it can have it, ha- it can have dangerous effects dangerous effects on humans like, it, like you've just heard it can cause instability it can cause more, more information the term infrasound defines itself as the in as the inaudible frequency range below the human bandwidth of around 20 hertz, when discussing is is often office, is often associated with acts of nature. Source such as the source of the Fuego volcano in Guatemala emitted 120 decibels infrasonic sound ranging from around 10 hertz. So it has, it can have dangerous throughout it has throughout the 20th and 21st centuries there has been vast amounts of research collected and interest gained in the use of non-lethal weapons which are intended to immobilize and impair targets without causing permanent or severe damage to the human body which is what infrasound does so a lot of what donnie eicher and other people have deduced and have found through their research into infrasound is that whatever had caused the infrasound whatever had caused the infrasound the wind or a gust of wind or something at the time that the hikers were there at in the in the pass it caused the wind to whip up, it caused the infrasound. And the infrasound, since it has those effects on people, it has those effects on the inner ear and the, the heart and other parts of the body. It, it can cause you to be disoriented, it can cause nausea, it can, and it sounds like what happened to the hikers more than likely probably had something to do with something that created infrasound. Uh, and if you're, if, if this is all very, very interesting, and this is all just really interesting, how something this odd could have happened. Now, one of the key things when you're trying to dissolve and trying to discern uh, theories that don't have a, that don't have the explanation, that don't have explanations, is people tend to rush to conspiracy theories. People tend to rush to judgment on things when you can't be explained by normal science. And they try to make judgments that don't sound like they have any sense of reality or don't kinda of make any sense. So don't when you see things like this that doesn't make sense to you, don't panic and don't and don't make everything look worse and bad because then you make other people nervous and it just creates it creates panic, it creates stuff like that. So Try to get the best, more information as you, the most information that you can, and try to try to find out as much as you can. So again, thank you all for listening and read more about the D'Antwa Passes and incident. It's extremely interesting.